Is it possible to hear God's voice? This podcast gets into real-life experiences of miracles and hearing God's voice. My name is Lee Greer, author and illustrator of When Miracles Are Needed, which is a Christian fiction novel. The book serves as an outline of the topics we cover. Is it possible to hear God's voice today? I mean, to really hear a voice? That's the topic of our podcast today. I'll start by telling you the story of Nathan, is what I call the story. I heard this on Moody Radio, and I believe the man that told the story was the head of the Voice of the Martyrs. That's what it was. And it wasn't his story. It was someone he knew in that ministry. But missionaries and those, especially with a name like that, the Voice of the Martyrs, they've given up on life. They're on the front lines of God's work. I mean, I have a lot of respect for that, and it's not it's not where God has put me. He has at times, but not permanently, to leave everything behind and, and also face the apathy and criticism of those who don't understand. So anyway, he tells the story of Nathan. And as far as I understand, uh, Nathan was a young man in Africa who, I believe, came to understand Jesus and and became a big problem to his father, who didn't like him going against the beliefs of the family, isolated him, put him in a basement or something and where he was hardly fed at all, and, and the mother knew that eventually the father would kill him. He was no longer considered his son, so she left a window open one night so their son could escape. He went off trying to find some way to live. Nobody wanted him. He was just a street person and didn't seem to be any shortage of street people from what I understand. So he found a place where he lived in an old refrigerator cardboard box as a shelter in the woods on the edge of the ocean or something like that, and where a bunch of other homeless people were camping out, eating out of garbage cans, whatever he could find, and it sounded miserable. So he's, he's wondering, you know, I've given my life to you, Lord, and now look how it's turned out, what's going on. And he hears someone calling. It's not the voice of God. It's not a supernatural thing. It was a person calling Nathan. Nathan, is there a Nathan here? He hears it over again. It's real. Is there a Nathan here? He comes out and he says, I'm Nathan. Well, the man was a young missionary, and he puts him in his car and takes him home and takes care of him, and Nathan becomes strong and and became a pastor, and that's what he is today. So you wonder, how did that missionary know to go get Nathan, uh, where to find him? How did the missionary know all these things? I, I know something about this because this is how I've come to live for the last 40 years. If it were me, if I were that missionary, I wouldn't really know anything about Nathan, very little. But it's like when Jesus said to the disciples, go find a man carrying water and ask him if you can use his upper room. Those things happen today for real. It happens to me over and over again. Parts of Scripture that I've read, God has said, use that. Call on that Scripture to solve this problem and pray it, and it happens. So I can imagine this missionary in prayer. It's not just a prayer petition. It's not just asking God, except he may be asking God, what do you want me to do today? Where, where do you want me to go? You have some assignment. That's what I do. I don't 
just beg and say that over and over again. I hardly say the words at all. It's because it's more of a a place, a knowing that God is going to speak to you and show you something. And he, he speaks in dreams and visions as well as words. And when I can't understand these visions or something that he's showing me, then I have to ask him to explain. It's like if I were that missionary and God might show me the edge of the ocean, what does this have to do with anything? Maybe it's part of a movie I saw, you know, maybe it's something that's going to happen in the future. God doesn't write out like we would do. The next thing, then he leads you into something else. Here, you know the place. Go to that place. Out of all the places where he's calling, is there a Nathan here? He's got to be in just the right place to be in hearing range of the Nathan that God sent him for. God will find a way to make that happen. I wish someone had told me these things when I was young so I would know how real this is because it's it's very different from what you get in church. That's the difference between what I call beliefs and experiences is that if you believe that something's true, and maybe you haven't experienced it yet, but you need to believe to to get there. And then once you experience it, it becomes knowledge. It's not just something you think. It's something you know because it's part of your life. The story of Nathan is very much like, see, I have my own stories, and and I, I can relate to that. I don't know what the story of Nathan means to you. Maybe it's, it's an inspiration that God can do the same thing in your life. I can tell you from living that way that I know that he can. If you expect to hear God's voice because someone else is telling you, sounding like a crazy person, and I have been accused of those things. I mean, Jesus was accused of being demon-possessed, and I have been too. And also, Jesus was thought, it says as Mark, I can't remember what chapter it was, says his family came to take charge of him, thinking he was out of his head, out of his mind. And then the other time his brother says, well, if you want to be a prophet, go up to the festival and make yourself known. That's what prophets do. said his own brothers did not believe in him. They're kind of mocking him. You know, in other words, God's telling Jesus what to do, but they think they can tell Jesus what to do better than what he is trying to do on his own. And I've gotten plenty of that, people wanting to help me. You know, you poor thing, you misguided thing. Anyway, I don't want to talk about my own situation, but mostly what you might encounter if you really start living this way. It comes with a cost. When God speaks, he'll probably give you something to do. There are many reasons for that. When I say I have the answers or I have it, you know, I think there are many reasons. It's because I've wondered about these things so much. Why does God give you something to do? Because he teaches by obedience. If you do what you think he's saying, how do you know it's not you or or some demonic presence or you know something whispering in your ear? God doesn't tell you to do things that are against the Ten Commandments or anything else in Scripture. That's one way to tell. But you keep testing. You know, like like Gideon put the fleece out. To, you know, is it wet or is it dry? That must be you, because nothing else. Everything else is the opposite of that. Only God could do that. You know, I don't really test God like that before I obey. I've found that I need to obey. And even if it seems scary, it turns out really good, just like the Nathan thing. And I'm thinking, okay, here's the missionary. There's probably some risk involved. First of all, he's living in a place where it's risky to be. 
not safe like America. And I don't know if he was an African missionary or American, but let's just say he was American. He's traveled there. He's left everything. Maybe he doesn't have a lot of friends who understand him, people that live there. They're friends in a different way, but not culturally the same. And then he's driving to a place that's mostly homeless people and a lot of criminals who live as homeless people and a dangerous place. And he's out there calling, is there a Nathan here? Well, you know, he's like saying, uh, hey, here I am, target. You know, I can be mugged, robbed, whatever you want. Here I am. You know, that's kind of the way a lot of people would think. What are you doing in this strange country, bad area, calling this out? You've got to have the knowledge that God has sent you on an assignment like that to have the courage to do it. I'll probably get into my stories eventually in these podcasts, and that's what my friends have encouraged me to, to tell my own stories, which sound bizarre, but in the book, When Miracles Are Needed, in the lives of the fictional characters. I like to stay in the background as the author, and that way you don't know what's true and what's not, because it's all fiction. It's made up. I've been put on the back of the book, says sometimes fiction is easier to believe than truth. If you tell people the truth about these stories, it puts them at odds with you in a way. The reason I'm telling you this, because if you start living this way, this is what you can expect for yourself. People will be like, well, I've been in church all my life. I believe in Jesus. I'm, I believe in this and that. I'm a good person, but I don't hear God's voice. They're like, well, who do you think you are? Do you think you're a real Christian or you think you're close with God, good with God, and maybe I'm not? You're seeing like Moses or somebody in the Bible that has conversations with God. I don't know how, how God does this. I don't know why he does this, but I, I have to say, I'm nobody special. God could choose much better than me. The way I got this way was from being desperate. That's for anyone who's desperate. If you're desperate enough where you don't care about, you know, there's nothing here. You've seen how fake it is, how deceptive and phony it is, and you don't want anything here. It's not going to stay with you anyway. And you're tired of trying to figure out what is the truth and what is not. I'm being lied to, I know, but I can't sort through all this. Uh, I had to hear his voice to know how to live. And once I did, he started giving me things to do. And they were not comfortable, easy things. They were not like anything I would have thought of. God went way beyond just helping me. He told me to write them down, 18 things on a list. It had to be God. They were, you know, really kind of like something a father would tell you to do, which is what Jesus says, you know, my father, our father in heaven. That's the way God treats us as children, which I mean, I'm way below a child. I don't know anything. I mean, it's been 40 years of this, but I know to just obey something like if God says, go find a Nathan by the edge of the ocean. After all this time, it doesn't take a whole lot of questioning for me to just go ahead and do it. And that makes me more valuable to God. And because there are not a whole lot of people who live like this. And if, if I meet one, I'm really glad to hear their story. It's funny how, you know, you don't get along as well as you would think you would. Oftentimes their story is tailored to their situation and how they came to know God and how they came to hear God's voice. And so when they try to give you something to help you, it doesn't really fit. Even though they're wanting to help you, I probably come across the same way to those that I want to help as I'm trying to tell them something. I try not, you know, give them advice or, you know, what would fix them or whatever. 
The book is 300 and something pages. I've probably written 3,000 pages to get it down to that. There's no way you can cover everything that God teaches. All I want to say in the podcast is what is a benefit to you. I mean, it's not about me telling my story for any reason that I have. It's a lot of work. But what God did for me is meant for others. And these testimonies of things that God has done are not just for entertainment or for you to say, oh, that's a great story. It is. I mean, I have a hard time not crying when I even tell the story of Nathan, which is somebody else's story. But the stories in my own life, it could be nothing else but God. It was like, you know, prayers are answered while you're praying them. You would think maybe someday God will make this happen. The prayer is answered in such a way that you're almost irritated that it interrupts your prayer. Because prayer is is in the spiritual realm. It's with God somewhere away from here. And that's a nice feeling. But answers to prayer often come in the flesh through people in this world and things that look ordinary and, and just as irritating and ordinary as everything else. Well, that's surely not God. I don't hear any trumpet blasts or see any angels or any lights from heaven. It's just a person standing there. And but when you see how it plays out and, and how it turns out, that's a term that I think fits. How does it turn out when you do what God says? And the words that God first used with me, I didn't even understand because I hardly knew the Bible at all. He's, I said, how do I know this is you? He said, do these things, and by the fruit they bear, you'll notice me. The fruit they bear. Strange way to say something, but uh, is a phrase that God actually has in the Bible. I can't quote him right now. It means, how does it turn out? Was it really bad? Um, no, it was full of miracles. You, know, you think about Nathan and the missionary, both of them ex- experienced a miracle. Nathan needed a, a miracle to get out of the cardboard box and have some way of living. He might have died, you know, with living off of garbage. And, and the missionary needed to know that God was really there. In his hard missionary work where you can't often see anything, that God is in it and God is, is working and If you'll just obey something that makes no sense, then maybe you'll see a miracle. And that's that's what happened. That's the story of of Nathan. Um, That's a good place to stop there. You know, sometimes God tells me when to stop. But I am going to go over a few of the topics from next time. There was an African pastor friend of mine whose story was very much like Nathan, except he was a, a real person who was a good influence in my life. And I'm not African. I'm, a, I'm American. I've had several African pastor friends and pastor friends from other parts of the world tell us something about that. But they're, each one of these are like 20 stories in one person that I could go on and on about. And they're, they're stories like the story of Nathan, so I don't even know where to stop. It's the same as talking to a person that I meet. I have to ask God, what do you want me to say to them? Because it's not about me, not about me saying, oh, I've got somebody to listen to my stories. Not the point. The point is, what do you know that they need? And God says, tell them this story. And then they'll say, how did you know? How did you know? You're telling my story. I don't know. I just go and do what God tells me, and that's what happens. So another topic is that if you're anything like Jesus— and God will make you like Jesus. He'll explain all that. I didn't know who Jesus was, but God explained it, and then now I do. So 
He'll conform you to the image of his son, which what the Bible says, it, it's real. That means uh, people will be drawn to you and people will also hate you, both. They'll think too much of either one. Drawn to you like they think it's you. They, they want to, you know, all kind of stories come out of this. It's like, you know, the one that was eaten by worms it was Herod. They said, that is the voice of a God. And he didn't denounce and say, no, I'm not a God. He just claimed, took the claim, yeah, I am a God. And he was eaten by worms in about seven days. Anyway, God doesn't like somebody standing in his place claiming to be God. Uh, big problem. I don't want anything that looks like God, you know, on me. It's, it is Jesus. It is God on me. But it's not me. It's what God does with a person, an ordinary person, that he can do better with you. I know that. That's, that's the point of all this teaching. So when you become that way, you're still a problem to the world, which is basically evil. If you think people are basically good, then um, maybe you'll learn. I don't know. I, I don't want to convince anybody of what they believe or whatever. I'm just telling you my story. You can take it or leave it. But the world will hate those that, that are not like them. It's not, it's not that you're, you don't even have to say anything against them. It's just that you're not one of them. So they're going to, they want to get rid of anything that's not like them. And if they're not good, they're evil. And that means they'll get rid of what is good. It's been that way since the Garden of Eden. And every civilization always leans toward evil. It doesn't take anything. It's the nature of man. And then those in power will will do what they can to keep their power. And and people are suppressed. It starts back with Nebuchadnezzar, you know, bow down to this image of me. And if you don't, uh, the, you got Daniel in the lion's den or the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, that sort of thing is, you know, if you're not going to be with the government, we're going to deal with you. Because they're making up the rules, the law, they can find some rule that you've broken and the reason you need to be taken out. So that's what will happen. The other is how to live in bad times if you feel like... Uh, we're facing bad times, and if they're right around the corner and it's too late to read this book, then I don't know what good I'm going to be doing because after it happens, everybody says, well, we already know that. We're living in it. And you want to be the one ministering to others instead of the one who needs to be ministered to. I can tell you that because anytime you're doing what God tells you and you're a blessing to others, you receive far more than you give out, and you can rise above almost anything with what I call angel work. God gives you the work of angels, and you become like that missionary who went and said, is there a Nathan here? To Nathan, that probably sounded like the voice of an angel. It's great. It's great to do angel work. It's like, anyway, another topic. And then I want to read a section from When Miracles Are Needed on what's happening around us, and pretty much a summary of, of what I was just talking about. Does God speak if he does and what happens and how, how can we live like that? What difference does it make? Those are some of the topics. That's enough for today's podcast and I appreciate you listening and thank you. Bye. All 50 narrated chapter episodes are illustrated by over 200 paintings and are available now on YouTube and will soon be available in print and other media.